Well, that flows right into chapter 3. Quite an interesting encounter. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man for he himself knew what was in man now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus and he's going to fit right in that category of a man who's shallowly enthusiastic because of the signs but the jury's out as to the depth of his faith now this man Nicodemus what kind of a guy was he? Yeah, he was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, verse uh, 10, the teacher of Israel. Well, he was quite an impressive fellow. Had great credentials as a great teacher and leader religiously among the Jews. Um, and we're going to see him a couple of more times in John. John chapter 7, John chapter uh, 19. But here, he comes to Jesus by night. Uh, I may eventually say something more about him coming by night than just this point. But, but let me ask the question this way. How many times does John tell us the time of day when somebody came to Jesus? Occasionally he does. Many times he doesn't. So my guess is when he does, there's a reason why he bothers to mention it. You know, there's a little bit of difference in saying, why did he come to Jesus by night? Something I'm not particularly interested in commenting on at the moment. And asking the question, why did John tell us that he came by night? Now, I think we can answer that. There's just so much symbolic significance of night and darkness in the Gospel of John. David, why don't you get uh, 9 4? David Smallsner. And Caleb, you want to get uh, 11, 10. And uh, David, you want to get uh, 13, 30. All right, uh, 9, 4. David. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Yes, and then 11, 10, Caleb. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And 13, 30, David. Having received a piece of bread, he did one out immediately, and it was not. Yeah, that's Judas. See so the piece of bread and he went out, and it was night. It's like, well, you probably figure that. They were eating that last supper, last Passover supper. You know, I mean, they're just kind of figuring out the chronology. I mean, why bother saying 
and it was night, and it's just kind of like thuds there, you know, it just doesn't really flow, and, and it was night. You know, well, I, I think the, the use of night and day, the use of light and darkness in John, is saying something. He's coming out of the darkness to the light. Now, that happened to be true physically, because <laughs> it was night. But the physical fact it was night just further accentuates he's in the darkness coming to the light. Then you look at chapter 3, verse 19. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. So you, well, you see Nicodemus coming out of the night to the light and you wonder, well, what will his reaction be? You know, when people come out of the darkness to the light, they react in two different ways. Wonder what way it'll be for Nicodemus. Wonder what way it is for us. So I think he tells us that. So that we reflect more on the idea of the darkness coming into the presence of the light, especially when he concludes that section in 19 to 21 with a meditation on light and darkness and the different reactions to Jesus. Make sense? Um, so, what does he say to Jesus? How does he address it? Which is pretty impressive. You know, because Jesus had not gone the ordinary route to obtain accreditation as a teacher. And yet this great ruler of the Jews calls him rabbi. You know, my teacher. And he says, we know that you've come from God as a teacher. How do we know? Signs. Yeah. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, you wonder, what would Nicodemus have expected Jesus to say? No, Nicodemus, this great, important ruler, leader, teacher in Israel, comes to Jesus and says, we know you're from God, Rabbi. Nobody could do these signs unless God's with it. I've stolen this from Paul Earnhardt, but, but, you know, it's like Nicodemus is probably thinking, Jesus will be impressed. Maybe he's expecting to hear, oh, Nicodemus, finally you've come. You know, I've been dealing with these slow disciples, these common, ordinary, but, but now we, we, I'll make you vice president. You know, we'll team up together and tell them what we'll do in this enterprise. But the thing you knew about Jesus from the end of chapter 2 is Jesus knew what was in a man. Now what Nicodemus says is pretty good. But Jesus knew what was in him. Jesus didn't really answer what he said. Jesus answers what was in him. Jesus plays on his words. Nicodemus says no one is able except. Jesus says except you are not able. Except one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But think about what that means. We don't think about it. What's Jesus saying to Nicodemus? To be born again implies what about everything before that? Nothing. Nicodemus, nothing you've ever done or accomplished is worth anything. 
you must start over again at zero. In one sentence, Jesus swept away all of Nicodemus' achievements, everything he stood for. And he says, you can't even look at the kingdom of God unless you're born again, unless you make a new start. Whoa. I don't imagine that's what Nicodemus might be. But Jesus knew what was in He knew that his faith was shallow. We are too quick to want to bring our glory into the kingdom. We're too quick to rely on all our greatness and achievements. And there's not a single person who will ever come to God without recognizing that he has no worth. He has nothing to bring. He must be born again. He must start over. Now, really, born again is probably better in the margin, born from above. Uh, it's the way that is used in several other passages, including in 331, he who comes from above. So he's probably saying not so much born a second time as born from above. But the word means both, and Nicodemus takes it in that up next second time mode. Maybe Jesus means both, but at least I think he means a man must be born <coughs> from above uh, to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, though, thinking about a second verse, says, how could I do it? You know, a little big to get back in the birth canal. And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus explains the kind of birth from above he's talking about. It's a birth of water. What kind of birth of water does the Bible ever speak about? Baptism. It's the only birth of water I know about in the Bible. Romans 6, I think, is a good passage to compare. Unless you're baptized, but being born of the Spirit. I wouldn't insist on this, but I think the best explanation of this is to see this as the, a person's spiritual transformation when they're baptized. Not born of the flesh. That's when we were born from our mother. But born of the Spirit. Spiritually born. Spiritually starting again. And he says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. you got flesh birth, you got spirit birth. You've got, you know, a person being born physically and you've got the spiritual rebirth that occurs in, in baptism. And then in verse 8 he says it's kind of like the wind. How's it kind of like the wind? Well, the word spirit and wind are the same word in the original, so they're just shifting definition of the same word. But what's the wind like? Can you see the wind? We say, I saw, I saw the wind, but what did we really see? The effect of the wind. Can you see a guy being spiritually transformed? Can you see a spirit being reborn? No. What do you see? The effects. You see the changed life. You see the person acting different, having different attitudes. So this birth from above, this birth of spirit, you can't see it. You can see the effects of it. All right, that's quite a section. Comments and questions. 
Okay. The, uh, you were saying about verse 5, the Spirit just being a spiritual rebirth of the person. Is there any significance that the Spirit is capitalized there? The translators thought it meant the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, I don't know if I got this right when you were saying it, or if you matters. But it sounded like you were saying that when Nicodemus was coming to Jesus, that it was more of a, like, in, in sincere way or bad motives. Like, when I first read it, I thought how it says the heart of man and how he didn't even ask the question. And Jesus said, well, you must be born again. I took it as, like, Jesus knew that he was looking maybe for eternal life or something. Well, I think we don't really know, but Jesus knows what Nicodemus has done so far doesn't count, and that he's got to humble himself and start over. Now, we're never really told the outcome here with Nicodemus as to whether or not Nicodemus does love the light or whether he loves the darkness. I don't think we're intended to really know the outcome with Nicodemus so much as to think about what's it going to be like for us when we confront the light. So I'm not necessarily trying to down the possibility of Nicodemus being converted by Jesus. I think by the end of John, he more or less is. I'm not sure he was before that. But it's more like a test for us when Jesus comes to us and we confront the light. We're in the darkness, we confront the light. What are we going to do? Yes. The other thing is, Jesus wasn't just saying this. Oh, Nicodemus, you need, you need to be baptized by water, then you're baptized, you have to do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Good point. Right, so, um, ben? Um, this may be like, totally insignificant, where it says you cannot see the kingdom, I guess I think about kind of a different verb than usually to go along with the kingdom idea, you know, you can enter the kingdom or whatever. Is there, is there any significance to that being different? Well, it may be even stronger. Not only can you not enter it, you can't even see it. Yes. It may be, but I'm not there yet to write that part. Yes. What is that? Nicodemus understand the idea of baptism when Christ speaks about this? And if not, why didn't Christ just kind of break it down like, all right, so I'm going to die and three days in the bedroom, and that's. Well, what we said, Jesus didn't always make it simple. And you have John's baptism. Shouldn't be that hard to understand. So, yeah, uh, About Ben's comment, in 3 John, uh, in, in verse 11, he tells him, uh, do not, not to imitate what's evil, but that which is good. And he says, he that does good is of God. He that does evil has not seen God. So he that does good belongs to God. The person that does evil doesn't even understand God, doesn't even see Him. And I think maybe Jesus is making, or maybe to put it another way, John learned that phrasing about understanding and seeing God and His kingdom from Jesus in this passage. Very good. Other comments? Yes, John. I was watching the History Channel, and <laughs> the History Channel told me that this verse uh, means uh, that there's a parallel between 5 and 6, that born of water refers to the flesh is flesh, and that the uh, enter the kingdom, uh, that, that the spirit is um, referring back to the second half of verse 6. Don't think that's correct. 
Nicodemus is the one talking about the born of flesh. Jesus is only talking about the being born of spirit. And Jesus only has one born in verse 5. It doesn't say unless one is born of water and unless one is born of the spirit. But unless one is born of the water and the spirit. It's two elements to one birth. And it really, it, it sounds a lot like we do that is not very smart. When somebody offers the invitation and says, if you're here and subject to the gospel, won't you come? It's like, and if you're not here? <laughs> I don't think Jesus would do that. I think Jesus would say, well now, to get in the kingdom, you first have, you have to be physically born. <laughs> then you have to be physically born. Yeah, you know. Uh, work on that guy. See if you can, uh, you know. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for Jesus to say that. Jake. I think that John's already connected water baptism with the Spirit and Jesus' baptism, and where Jesus was water baptized, and that's when the Spirit was upon him. And when we are converted and we are washed in water, we're also uh, immersed before the Holy Spirit is poured out on us for Titus. You know, I mean, that is a part of the, the conversion process. But John's already linked, and so it wouldn't make sense for John already to establish that to then refer to born of water as yeah, it's a strange expression for physical birth anyway. You know, I think that's not a very likely thing all the way around. That's more or less a dodge to try to get away from baptism being essential to get into heaven. Alan. Um, on the uh, way, why do you see the kingdom, um, I've heard somebody thinks that they could just be a play on Nicodemus' thing. Um, just because like he's, Nicodemus says in verse 4, how he cannot enter a second time. And uh, in verse 5, he's like, uh, after he says the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then his point, I guess, for verse 3 is, uh, you see signs, like he says in verse 2, and so he's just saying, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay. So. Yeah. Ben? Sometimes, or maybe oftentimes, we'll hear people say things about subjects like water baptism. I just don't see why that's important. I don't see what that has to do with anything. And we just have these these, uh, these ideas, these forms where we approach God or His Word or the church and sometimes we, we can't imagine anything being different from that. And when Jesus says, don't be amazed at this. It's really not that shocking of an idea. Just think about the way the wind works and you know there are certain parallels to this. And really, again, the problem there is Nicodemus' own prophet self. And we just get these ideas in our mind. This thing can't work that way. And we'll talk to people like that and there's no reason why it can't work that way. We just don't think. Good, good point. All right, uh, we're going to take another break uh, for about ten minutes. Yeah, if you need housing and.